Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like... But you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Mental health is like definitely a term that's in right now, right? That people are getting more comfortable opening up about and talking about used to be a little bit less that way. Right. And, um, and so it's, it's good that that conversation is out there. And I think so these last two years, especially for entrepreneurs, it's can be a lonely uh, place to be as a business owner, um, a lot of responsibility and stress and pressure on you already, let alone, you know, going through a pandemic and then having to isolate. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Deal Board Podcast. And we have a great episode today. Both Jessica and I admire a lot of people. We look up to people. We have mentors in our lives that teach us to be better leaders. And today we have a couple of great interviews with people who talk about leadership. Yeah. And look, leadership is really important in, in, even if we're looking in just in terms of buying or selling a company, you know, by default, you are the leader of that company or will be, but these times of transitions is when leadership and leadership skills are really, really critical. Yeah. We're seeing that in the world today with current events and we don't talk about political things or, but there, it is just really interesting about the leaders of the world and how they how they have to stand up and how people are holding them accountable. I mean, it's just, it's an incredible time in our world uh, for leaders to come out. And I I think the good news out there in the world is that I think we're seeing a, even let's get beyond the politics, but I think we're seeing the times where leadership inside companies is looked to be a servant leadership, is looking to be a kinder leadership, is looking to be a more partnership um, kind of set up with employees. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it's, it's definitely been in the works for the last decade or so, but it's really come to the forefront. And I think that is the new leadership style and actually talking about, um, a servant leader and servant leadership. Um, the gentleman I interviewed, Brian bro is probably the best example I know of that. Um, Brian is a bestselling author. He's a speaker. He's past chair of entrepreneurs organization and he co-chairs, uh, the entrepreneurial master's program um, with EO and MIT. And he really talks to us today about, you know, how do you be that servant leader and how do you show up in these transition times when you're buying or selling for your team? Yeah. And I have a great interview with Nate Bailey and he is the, uh, the, the owner and the podcaster of championship leadership and he's done a great job he has an he's authored the book 100 mile mindset discover the power of being your world uh and he is uh it's a very interesting story he talks about his ultra marathons and what it's brought to his life and how he teaches people 
Uh, he has a five-day Unleash the Leader Within Challenge. And uh, he's he's a guy who loves to press, you know, press himself and press and impress and, and others to be better leaders. And uh, it, it's just, and, and you would think that he's going to be like a real hard-nosed guy. It's, again, it's, it's, it's really a holistic kind of approach, even when he's pressing himself that hard. It's a great listen. Yeah, with two two really great leadership experts today. And we hope these interviews help you as a leader um, develop, whether you're uh, buying or selling a business, whether your business is going through a time of transition or challenge. We know there's a lot going on in the world, like Andy said, especially how it impacts small businesses. So it is a time for all of us to step up as leaders. And we hope these interviews today give you some skills and some thoughts to consider running your own businesses. Yeah, let's get to it. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Deal Board. And we have a very special guest, Nate Bailey, author, podcaster, coach, leader. And we are talking about leadership. And this is one of the gurus. And I was lucky enough to be on his podcast and just saw all the great content he had in his philosophies and wanted to bring him to The Deal Board to talk to us about leadership. And uh, he's done some pretty incredible things in his life, And but I'll let him tell a story. <laughs> Nate, why don't you give us a little bit of background and what brought you you know, to your leadership guru status? Yeah, you bet. Um, well, you know, from a, from a very early age, I remember a lot of uh, like motivational speakers, people that would come uh, travel across the country and they would, they would speak speak to us right i don't know if you remember that as a kid yeah sure the announcement over the speaker uh, from the office saying hey everybody reports to the auditorium and you you knew like all right like we're getting out of class was number one and then you got to go and and i just remember these people coming through and speaking and and inspiring and telling some incredible stories and how cool i thought that was that that's what they did for a living and uh so that always i think kind of stuck with me and then from there was very involved in sports athletics captain of my you know sports teams in in high school played college football and and then ultimately became an officer in the army and in the army national guard started a business um owned multiple businesses and uh have a teaching degree coached some high school and college athletics so i always found myself gravitating towards leadership positions and uh, I guess there was something, it wasn't ne- natural, uh, necessarily that I was just like this natural born leader, but something inside of me definitely want, liked to be in, in leadership positions. And like, I think just love the, the challenge of, of helping and guiding other people and bringing them together towards one common cause, right? So uh, all that to say, I think that's kind of what's led me to where I am today, you know, never really knew that this, this is what I was going to do as a, a coach, a speaker, a uh, podcaster, author. Uh, but here I am because of all the experiences that I have had uh, leading up to this point. Well, let, let's talk about some of those experiences because we were talking about that. And I do believe that 
you know, being a part of a leader is being kind of mentally tough and having those, you know, some experience experiences yourself where you're testing yourself. And I know you live that uh, very well. So why don't you give us a little bit of background about that? Yes. Um, you know, as you're guiding others, I think it's really important. There's always kind of the minimum standard, right, that's set. And then I think that's a little bit more from my military background, right? As a leader, I believe that you should set set the standard. You should be the example. And, and you know, that's it's above and beyond whatever that minimum requirement is, right? So if, you, if we want to be championship leaders, um, you know, you got you to gotta set the bar really high and then you got to live up to that. And so that's the same thing as a coach when I'm asking people to do things in their life to make shifts. It's important for me that I'm I'm out there and I'm kind of doing the same thing and even more than I would ever ask anyone else to do. Um, and so, you know, I've I've done a lot of crazy physical challenges because I've seen the benefit that that has in carrying over to all other areas of my life. What's required to go out and run 100 miles or to do a this 52 hour event that I did straight through with no sleep called seal fit Kokoro, kind of modeled after Navy seal hell week and led by active and, and retired Navy seals. Um, some of those challenges, the preparation that's required to be able to show up and be successful or have an opportunity to be successful as well as just uh, what it takes mentally, physically, emotionally, you know, the perseverance that's required to go through some of those events and to actually come out the other side and finish, uh, help me to be a better husband, a better father, a better coach, a better business owner, better person inside of my community. So uh, the benefits are crazy, uh, but it's not easy, right? And, but again, nothing in life is easy. And, and as a leader, there's a responsibility and a weight that you always carry as a leader to be that example. Some people are willing to carry that and, and, you know, others aren't, but, you know, we always, we always have a choice. And when you're in a leadership role, it's definitely a choice to, to be in, in that position. So with that comes that responsibility. So yeah, that's what drives me and pushes me to do some of those things. So I, I get to talk to a lot of young people and I was fortunate enough to get started early in my entrepreneurial life. I think that's one of the reasons why, I, I'm successful. I just had time to uh, be a failure at at some points, you know. Yeah, so absolutely. I so I what what's your advice to young people uh, to you know? Because I'm always like, you know, you just got to do it. You just got to jump in and get involved, and you're going to make mistakes. You know, what's your what's your advice to young people who are looking maybe to be an entrepreneur or or want to be a political leader or a, a spiritual leader or yeah, I think kind of what you just said, right? It's, it, it takes time. It it takes, uh, you know, going through certain levels and steps and learning along the way and realizing that those bumps in those road in the roads or the, those, those sticking points, those, those failures that we all experience are just a part of the journey. It's part of the process. Today, I think more than ever, it's hard to have that patience because of, Everything is at our fingertips. Technology is amazing. You can go to Amazon, one click, and whatever it is that you wanted will be at your door the next day, right? Um, you know, feedback and social media, news from across the world is literally here seconds after it happens. And so with that social media presence, you also see others that that maybe, you know, 
hit the jackpot and got to where you want to go in a very short amount of time. And then they try and convince you that you can do it too. Right. Well, there's, there is just a certain amount of time and experience and a certain amount of, uh, you know, knowledge and experience that is gained through time. Right. And it's just like to go run a hundred miles. I failed the first two times because I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the time and training. Um, you know, I didn't have the knowledge of going out there and actually attempting to run a hundred miles to learn. There's, there's only a few ways to really learn how to run a hundred miles. And and one of them is by actually going out and trying to do it. And so there were so many things that I learned in those first two uh, attempts that helped me to finally be successful. And that's the same in no other area in life. So there's certain things that you can speed up a little bit. Like you could get a coach or a mentor or someone that's been there before you, and they can absolutely help you to shorten that learning curve a little bit, but there's still, you know, just a, a time, uh, and a process to go through to, especially if it's something big, right. And most leaders, most of us, we, we don't have small goals. We have big goals. And so when big goals, part of the, the biggest part of the, the whole journey is the journey itself and, and the process to get there. Oftentimes you get to the end, even in a hundred mile race and you're like, man, that's it. I thought this was going to feel different. Right. And then you look back on, and the entire process that got you there, which is almost more uh, memorable than the entire thing at the end. So yeah, just be patient, be patient and enjoy where you are right here, right now enjoy those that are around you. Right. Cause there's no guarantees in life. I've, right. I've seen it firsthand, unfortunately, you know, some people have passed way before I thought that, you know, that I think we all grow up thinking we're going to be around for. And so um, enjoy where you're at, enjoy the journey and enjoy the process. And just know that if you're doing the right things every single day, like if you're showing up and you're really doing what's required and you're really doing what it is that you should be doing, you will get there. Like you'll get there. The the reward will happen. It's all great advice. And yeah, I picked up a few things in there. And I, I could just think, you know, I was thinking about what our audience will want, you know, and our audience, a lot of them are business owners and they're entrepreneurs. And so there's tough times out there, right? You know, like yeah. you said, social media, feedback, everything going on. One of the big things is is trying to be a leader of employees. And then there's a definite employees shortage. There's a workforce uh, need out there that people want to hire people and try to retain people. And so how can our entrepreneurs out there maybe up their game and being leaders to try to either attract people or try to keep people? Yeah, I think what an incredible opportunity it is uh, during this time to be able to to do that. Right. Cause I don't, there is such a shortage and it is a little bit mind blowing. And I don't know if it's necessarily because people don't want to work, but, but what can you do to set yourself apart from everybody else? And I don't think it takes a lot to, to differentiate yourself from your competitors, right. By creating an incredible culture, being someone that really is fun to be around and to work and, and to, to become, a, who do you have to be as a leader to um, attract the people that would want to come and work for you, even when everyone else around you is having a hard time finding somebody, right? So I would start asking myself some some questions like that, like have to be open to 
all right, I, there's never a level where I arrive as a leader and I can always get better and then I can always improve. And I think if I have that open mindset and perspective that let me take a look at what I'm doing and, and be okay that I might not be doing everything that I could be doing. And how can I do things a little bit differently so that we could, even in times like now where there's a shortage, attract amazing people to come and help be a part of something special that we're doing here. And so you got to create that, that environment and that culture where people would actually be like, yeah, man, this is something special here that I'm a part of. This is so amazing. And, you know, they're willing to do it when others are just fine sitting on the couch. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I think I always tell people not to have paralysis by analysis. Uh, you know, yeah. you just got to kind of start working and uh, you know, to attract people, I think you need to be good to people. I always, I think, I, I think my next 100%. book is, you know, I, I, th- I wanted to, my next book is nice guys finish first, but I could try to figure out the, an angle on that a little bit different, but yeah. you know, talk about maybe some of your experiences in coaching other people or, you know, coaching in the, in sports, what, you know, what you saw take to change someone that, you know, that might've had a mediocre kind of success and, uh, you know, motivate them to get them to that next level to become that leader. Yeah, there's a lot of what I deal with when it comes to my clients is, you know, there's a lot of mindset stuff, like some of the stories that they've been kind of telling themselves about who they are or, or um, which, which then determines how they show up in the marketplace, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you kind of have this limiting mindset of yourself, then you just show up that way to everyone else, right? So helping people to just shift and, and tweak, you know, how they, how they look at different situations, shift their perspective to, um, you know, people want to work with you and people want the services that you do and that you do an amazing job and, and you deserve to, you know, make a great living. You deserve to, you know, charge what you're worth. And a lot of it does come down to mindset and the last few years have been tough. And I think, you know, we're here. Mental health is like definitely a term that's in right now, right? That people are getting more comfortable opening up about and talking about used to be a little bit less that way. Right. And, um, and so it's, it's good that that conversation is out there. And I think so these last two years, especially for entrepreneurs, it's can be a lonely uh, place to be as a business owner, um, a lot of responsibility and stress and pressure on you already, let alone, you know, going through a pandemic and then having to isolate, having to sh- maybe even shut down your doors for a while, trying to figure out how to navigate through all of that. And uh, your mindset can be one that takes a, a beating if we're, if, if we're not careful and we don't protect it. And another, you know, so there's so many other ways that you can, you we can talk and focus about you know, your mindset and how to shift that and how to tell a few different stories to yourself to, to get you to take a little bit more action. How do we take care of ourselves physically to help us mentally? Um, such a huge piece, you know, getting outdoors, spending time with people that we really uh, love and that, that support us just as much as we support them. And uh, there's so many factors out there because again, just, you know, being a leader, being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, there's, there's a ton of stress and, and responsibility and if it's something that you really truly care about and something that you're really com- committed to and, and, and convicted to doing and seeing through and not quitting, um, you know, perseverance is a, is a huge piece of that. And so um, how can you, you put yourself in more positive uh, 
in environments and, and around more positive people that will help you to, um, you know, see the sunny side of things versus the, the dark side of things, you know, feel like today we just so much negative energy and negative, uh, you know, from the news and the media or whatever it might be. Right. Um, you know, we're doom and gloom seems to be around every corner if we, if we look for it. Uh, so, you know, shift that perspective to, to look for the positive and everything, and you'll start to see more of that. Right. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like I think mental health is a big uh, thing that we've ignored for way too long. And certainly this pandemic has brought that out uh, to the forefront. I I've been quoted as saying recently that we have vastly underestimated the mental health toll yeah. that this pandemic has taken on people for for a, numerous reasons, for people just being scared to get back out there, even though there are there are options for protecting yourself against yeah. the virus. People are just scared to death to kind of move yeah, on. And I, I think we're and you know, kids and high schoolers missing their senior years and their, you know, all these events that happened in life. And and never mind, you know, the the hundreds of thousands of people, of family members that people have lost. So you right. know, with all that negativity out there, obviously, I, I agree with you. You know, you, you kind of are what you eat, and that's what yeah. you bring in as far as uh, into your own life. And I try to keep my uh, myself very positive as well. And the other thing I always tell people is being an entrepreneur is definitely lonely. It's hard to go home yeah. and complain yeah. to your spouse that right. things are bad or complain to your kids. You certainly don't want to scare your kids yeah. that business is bad all of a sudden. So- you know, what are some of those tools that you have available or that you recommend to people that, you know, they can do uh, being an entrepreneur or, you know, what, where do leaders go uh, to hone their craft? Well, I would say, um, you know, coaching is, is very important. Yes. I'm a coach, yeah, but I, I mean, I've, you know, from Tom Brady to Tiger Woods to, you know, in athletics, Growing up, you always had a coach, right? Um, when I was r running 100 miles, I had a running coach, and I had a nutrition coach to help me optimize my body so that I could, you know, set myself up to succeed at the highest level. There's all kinds of business coaches, leadership, like you name it. There's a coach for it, definitely. And why? Or and you know, it doesn't have to be a coach. Maybe it's a mentor. Maybe it's somebody in your community that you know that just wants to help someone else. You know, they've gotten to a certain point in their life. Typically, as we get a little bit older, we've gotten to where we want to go. We just naturally want to help others. Like we were looking looking for more purpose in life, right? And there's no better way to find a lot of purpose by helping others. And so, a lot of people are willing to help others uh, to get to where you know, they are in their life. And so I would, again, I would, I would, I would seek out some help from others that have been there before you to help you to shorten that learning curve so that you don't have to, um, you know, learn it all your own, um, you know, cause really now, nowadays, I mean, and there's so much information and free content out there as well. Right. So it's not something that you necessarily have to pay for. I do think they're, there is a lot of benefit in giving your hard-earned dollars uh, to get something back in return, just like you would you're asking clients to do for your business. Um, because then there's a, 
you're you're invested, right? And now you're really going to be committed to getting that return on that dollar uh, through through an investment in a coach. But there's plenty of free resources resources out there. There's events, there's seminars, there's 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 there's, there's almost so much information out there that it can be a little bit paralyzing at times because you don't know where to start, right? But um, you know, find somebody that can, don't go it alone, I guess is the big thing, right? We've kind of what we've been talking about, right. um, because being an entrepreneur business owner is very lonely and it can be, um, but, but it doesn't have to be. And there's a lot of power in finding someone else that's going through the similar struggles than you. And you find out, oh man, I thought I was the only one going through this. And then you, you pair up with somebody else. You're like, oh, you have the same issues that I have. Oh man, there's, there's a lot of, it's empowering to know that you're not the only one going through that. They're like, ah, right, well, we can do this. We can do this together. Like we can figure this out. And uh, I think sometimes there's too much scarcity and like, man, I'm not going to go talk to my competitors because they might take some of my secrets. And it's like, there's so much business to go around in this world. Why not help each other do it at the same time? So yeah, find somebody don't do the, don't go the journey alone. Yeah. I, I, I think leaders aren't afraid of their competition. I really don't. Right. Um, so, so tell me what you're working on because, uh, you know, you're, you're always working on something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I have an event coming up called unleash the leader within, which is for entrepreneurs and business owners to, to connect with others like themselves on a similar path. Um, of course we got the championship leadership podcast, and I think there's a leadership book that's going to be coming out this year. Um, we're just like, kind of the in the idea phase right now right like all right i think it's time especially because of everything that we've been talking about right um you know probably one of the last things we need is another book in this world but at the same time you know if you can help one person with that um you know it's worth it to me so i think we're gonna have something like that i mean listen sometimes it's just good like i just finished my book it's just good to get your ideas in an organized manner in a place where you can now like reference people and say hey listen you know, I, I talked about this in my book. Let me send it to you. You don't have to read the whole thing. Yeah. Just read chapter 13. I want you to read yeah, chapter 12. So yeah. it, it's really good. It, it, this has been great, Nate. I, we could talk all day about this kind of stuff. <laughs> What's the best way for someone to get in touch with you if they want to learn more? Yeah, you bet. Uh, I, I always say the best way is just go to my website because, you know, you find my email, all my social media contacts are there. Um, everything that I'm up to is there, podcast, books, uh, blog events, programs, things like that. So yeah, natebailey.org. That's great. And yes, you have an amazing podcast and uh, very highly rated. So thank you again for coming on today and talking about leadership. It's been great. I appreciate it, Andy. Thank you. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It is Deal of the Week, and I have Michael Schneider of Trans World Business Advisors of Cleveland West, and he just closed a very nice deal, and I definitely wanted to get him on because, you know, these these are the types of deals we're doing these days. And so, Michael, what, welcome, and why don't you give us a little background of what you just sold? Yeah, thanks, Andy. Great to be with you. Um, yeah, we had a, a very interesting sale up here. It was a uh, in the medical service industry, which is uh, you know a very um, marketable business. And uh, it was a you know it's a smaller business. They did about a million, a million uh, one in sales, but the uh, net profit margin was like forty percent. Right. And um, 
So what we did, we did a little pre-market where we um, marketed the business um, out on some websites and we started getting a lot of activity saying, hey, yeah, when you put the package together, we want a package. Um, and so the first day that I uh, publicly marketed the business, I got I received an LOI. Wow. Uh, uh, the LOI was um, a little bit lower, so I went back to the to the buyer and said, "Hey, I'm getting so much activity. This business is going to sell for full price." And within two hours later, he gave me a full price offer. Nice. So you know, yeah, I mean, you think you know that's like hitting a three pointer, right? Yeah. Uh, so the first day you get a, a full price LOI, but the, the, the uh, opportunity did have some challenges and um, we were able to work through all those and, and close it, um, you know, within a, in about a 10, 11 month period. And some of those challenges were um, poor financial reporting. So the business, because it was a smaller business, their accountant only did tax returns for the business. So there wasn't real good financial reporting. So there was a lot of due diligence as far as putting, um, getting monthly bank statements and verifying the deposits and verifying the, um, the expenses for the business. So we had, to, we had quite a bit of uh, due diligence. Um, the, the, the good thing on this, on this sale was the buyer. We had a really good buyer. It was a buyer that was already in the medical industry. And so it was a horizontal add-on for this business. So we understood the business. And, um, and he also was willing to do a stock sale, which mm. you don't find many buyers that are willing to do stock sales because of the liability that they could be inheriting with the business. Well, that hap happens a lot in medical uh, sales because of licensing and uh, sometimes ongoing contracts. So they look to uh, set the structure up like that. So, you know, kudos to you for uh, it sounds like you really had to do a full on, re you know, redo of the books and records uh, to, to get this done. Yeah, absolutely. It, it took a lot of work. We had to go through all the bank statements and. Uh, you know, do some worksheets as far as pulling out the revenue and, and showing the expenses. You know, there, the other thing is that the, uh, this wasn't an, uh, an S corp, but the, uh, the sell, the seller kind of, it was a small, very small, uh, one member business and the seller ran the business kind of like a sole proprietorship. Right. So there was some commingling of funds and things that we had to really, you know, pull apart. Um, and again, like I said, luckily we had a, a buyer that, um, understood the business and once we could pull, you know, show the bank statements and, and, and pull the worksheets together, he understood the business. And, and like I said, it, it, it truly was earning, doing a 40% net profit margin, which is huge. Um, and it, it had very little overhead. Sounds, uh, great. Yep. Sounds, sounds great. I mean, what was the eventual multiple on it? Approximately? Uh, we sold this at about uh, 3.75 multiple. There you go. I mean, yeah. 3.75 on a business that had 
tough books and records, got took a, some time, had it settle on a different uh, structure that might not have been the greatest for the buyer on the buy side. So uh, it's all about finding the right buyer, right? Absolutely. And uh, the other thing, Andy, on this one was the financing. We had to go through uh, two different lenders for financing because there was a huge airball with this business. And what, what I mean by airball is there was only 100,000 to 120,000 of hard assets with this business. So you're, you're basically purchasing the goodwill of this business. And uh, we were able to find a lender. The first lender the buyer went to didn't work out. They had too many uh, requirements, um, too many conditions in their commitment letter. So we went to another lender and they financed the entire amount uh, for the buyer. Um, and it worked out fantastic. Um, sounds like good deals for good people. I really appreciate that, Michael. Michael, what's the best way to get in touch with you if somebody else wants to sell a business? Yeah, you can reach me by email, msnyder at tworld.com. And Snyder is with an I, S-N-I-D-E-R. <laughs> and uh, you can reach me by phone, 440-628-4440. Great job. Good job, Michael, getting that done. Thank you for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Andy. It's a pleasure. Welcome back, everybody. And today on the deal board, you know that we are talking all about leadership and how your leadership and your leadership skills affect your employees, your stakeholders, your customers, especially while going through a sale or acquisition. And I really am very honored to have a good friend of mine, a colleague, a leader that I truly uh, respect and I think defines servant leader for me. Very excited to welcome Brian, he is the founder and principal of Pure Wellness. He's also a principal at Legacy of Significance, which we are going to learn a little bit more about today, about their leadership retreats and coaching. But Brian, welcome to the show. Oh, great to be here. And, and I'm here celebrating your birthday, although this is going to get aired at a different time. I'm, uh, I'm honored to be here and celebrate your birthday with you today. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah. It won't be too much later, maybe a couple of weeks, but that's about it. So- yes. Let's let's talk a little bit about leadership and, and what does leadership mean to you? Mom, Dad, you should shop Amazon for back to school and save some money. See, I'm currently obsessed with superheroes and need all the superhero stuff. Superhero lunchbox, superhero backpack. But next year, it'll be something else. Maybe dinosaurs? I don't know. I'm not a fortune teller. But I can tell you not to spend a fortune and shop low prices for school on Amazon. Okay, good chat. Amazon, spend less, smile more. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Uh, I love uh the the definition of leadership that two women from Harvard use uh Cheryl Sandberg and Frances Fry and that is leadership is about making others better because of your presence and making sure its impact lasts in your absence it's just uh it's just to me it's it's about having a service mindset in leadership and recognizing that as 
uh, leaders, it's important to, for me anyways, that a leader makes sure that the people or the organization they're leading can answer these three questions. And that is, where are we going? What do we need to do to get there? And what is my role? Where are we going is that, that, um, that vision, that very clearly defined vision. What do we need to do to get there is the strategy that we're going to execute in order to achieve that vision. And I like to be very inclusive in the way the strategy is, is determined. And then what is my role? Everyone in the organization from the highest level of leadership to that new person who just started yesterday really understands what their role is in order to execute on that strategy to reach the vision. And then from there, the leader circles down to the bottom and serves the people in the organization to help them achieve the vision. That could be providing budget, it could be providing clarity, it could be providing being held accountable, a pat on the back, a kick in the pants, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be maybe buying lunch for a team so that they can keep focused on achieving their, their goals. And, um, and also sometimes just someone to sit and listen and invest in them as a human being. So that's kind of how I look at leadership. Oh, it's like a holistic view. And, and I mean, it is, it's a 360 degree job as a leader of providing that accountability, but also that support and um, sometimes that empathy. So when we're talking about, you know, leadership through an exit or acquisition, it's, it's a, a really specific time, right? We were chatting a little bit in the green room about, you know, how, how does that affect you as a leader and what does your role really pivot to in those transition type situations? Well, it's uh, it's some, that's probably one of the times that strong leadership is most needed because it's a time of uncertainty. We've all just come through this time of the global pandemic and we're still in it to some degree. And as a result, there if there's ever been a time for most of the business world uh, of uncertainty, that was it. And and a, a an acquisition or an exit can can have some of those components with it as well. There's uncertainty, there's fear. And so in your organization, uh, that causes from a physiological level, elevated levels of cortisol. People start to get a little stressed because they don't know what the future holds for them. There may be some level of excitement, but there's also a little bit of fear in the unknown. And so the role of a leader is to be able to, um, you can't provide certainty, which is what people crave. But what you can provide is clarity. And so clarity is really the ability to try to see as far forward as we as leaders are able to see and communicate that. Now, where it gets a little tricky is, as anyone who's ever been involved in an acquisition or an exit, the deal is never truly, truly done until that contract is signed and the check is cleared because things can go sideways. So knowing just how much to communicate and when is appropriate is really difficult as well, because just as responsible as we need to be to communicate properly, part of properly is defined at what people really need to know and when they need to know it, because you can start telling people, hey, we're looking at doing an acquisition or we're looking at doing, uh, you know, uh, having an exit, um, and they they get into a tailspin, and so all of a sudden the deal could go south, and you've kind of got people worked up for no reason. So it's really a matter of 
being able to determine what should get shared and when it should get shared and being able to provide clarity in, at the appropriate level along the way. Yeah. It's really interesting what? because you said, you know, people crave certainty, right? And that's hard. That's hard to give for as a leader, but um, going through those processes of exit or acquisition, it actually creates a lot of uncertainty, right? So, Oh, and we talk to our clients about this a lot. A lot of a lot of our clients want to bring their team members in and tell them right off the bat. And you know, as you mentioned, these deals can go south. They cannot happen. The sellers can decide to take the business off the market. So bringing some of even like key team members in too early um, can add uncertainty to their life. And I, I'm sure that spikes the cortisol too, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so that very often, what I've seen is uh, is Leadership who brings key people into the process early very often need to have some sort of continuation bonus in place. Like, you know, listen, I'm going to bring you into the inner circle here. I can't have you leaving. And so very often I've seen it where bonuses are put in place that if you stay through this, you know, because if you if they leave, it could be a real problem. So, yeah, providing certainty is really almost impossible in, in everything. And think about it, it depends on how a deal is structured. If I'm going to sell a business for cash, so to speak, and as soon as it's closed, I'm done and I walk away, well, there's an element of certainty for me as the owner, but a lot of deals don't work that way. And as a result, even for the person, the, the highest level of leadership, there's a level of uncertainty as well. So it really depends on the deal. Yeah, it, it really does. I mean, what do you think um, are skills that are critical for leaders, maybe in this situation, but just even in today's world where we're living with so much uncertainty and we do need to provide clarity and, you know, reduce that cortisol for our team members. Yeah. Well, so I think there's a couple things. One is uh, my approach to leadership in general tends to be quite collaborative. I don't mean we make decisions based on you know, in a democracy necessarily, but certainly collaborate. And when there's so much uncertainty, uh, bringing other people into discussions, key people into discussions is important, I think, because there's, we don't have a crystal ball yet. The more, the more key people you bring into a discussion, you probably can see a little bit more clearly because everyone has their own perspective. And in, in a leadership team, you have different perches that people sit on in the organization and people look at things from a different perspective. And one of the things that I think is important as a, as a leader is to be willing to be vulnerable. Uh, and what I mean by that is not that we walk around saying, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing at all. What I mean is saying, being comfortable not having all the answers. Mm. Because if you've surrounded yourself with capable people, they can contribute to those answers. And so really having a close-knit group of people that uh, you can really rely on that, that are aligned with the vision and are, have been part of the strategy and they know what contribution they're making to the team and you can trust them uh, bringing them into some of those key discussions, I think is really important. Yeah. Well, and collaboration can breed, breed better ideas too. But I do, I I think too, hearing you talk about this, I can see like my, I know I've struggled with this myself in the past. Um, and I know some of my other colleagues are, but sometimes it's hard not to feel like you have all the answers, right? Especially when 
you're the one that's founded the company and built the company. And is that a muscle that leaders just have to work on over time or a different mode of thinking? Well, I think, well, let me, let me share a quick example. Mm-hmm. When I, uh, my company, Pure Wellness Rooms was determined to be a brand standard for Hyatt full service hotels in the Americas in 2010. Huge opportunity for us. Built up a great team, deployed it very quickly and professionally. In 2013, at the end of that contract, they had a change in the highest level of leadership or higher level leadership in the Americas um, at Hyatt. And what happened was they made a decision to shift it from a brand standard to a brand recommendation. Well, what that means is you don't have to do it, but we like the program, which means that hotels were no longer bound to have our program. And we were nervous. We were really scared. And we knew it, we were going to have an impact and we had to plan for it. So I brought my leadership team in and, and I worked really hard to try to figure out what do I need to say? What is the plan we need to have? And when they came into the, the meeting room, I was looking down. It felt like it was 10 minutes. It was probably 10 seconds. But finally, I looked up and I said, we know we're in trouble here. We know we've got to try to figure something out. And I wish I could tell you I had the answer, but I don't. And the look on their face was like, oh boy. And I said, but what I do know is that between all of us in this room, we can figure out what we need to do. And still that look of deer in the headlights was there for a second. Then finally someone said, well, what if we approached it this way? And it just started a two hour conversation And by the end of that two hours, we had a plan. It probably wasn't a perfect plan, but it was a plan. And as they were all leaving, um, one woman from our executive team stayed back and she came up to me and she said, I've never seen you be as strong as a leader as you were today, which was the opposite of what I felt. I felt like Mm -hmm. I wasn't being a good leader. She said, you were honest and you let us step in and help. And it empowered us to be part of the solution. And it was just a really powerful moment for me. Um, and, it, and it taught me that, hey, listen, you know, I don't have to have all the answers. But part of what my role is as a leader is to help us get to that end result, to get to where we want to go. And, I, and if I've hired the right people, I, I'm not, I don't need to do that alone. Yeah. So I think it's just a matter of saying it's okay not to have all the answers, but make sure you surround yourself with good people and then ask them. Yeah. What a powerful moment in a company, right? So that's, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that, Brian. Um, so, you know, before we jump into like the, how to build this muscle, just a very um, stereotypical question, but do you, do you believe that leaders are born or made? I believe they're made. Um, and I know that's tough uh, because for most of my career, I probably would have answered that differently. Um, however, I, I think that, you know, I look at the way I was raised and in the family that I was in, and there's a lot of leaders. My brothers and sisters are all leaders in their respective careers. Um, and yet we're very different people, very different individuals, but yet, um, yet we're, we're, we're all leaders in the roles that we we play in in our careers. The I I believe that um, 
growing up for me, growing up in a, in a very servant minded uh, household was a key part of that for, for me. And it just taught me how to view people. It taught me how to serve others. It taught me how to be confident and be a leader. And I never thought about it really growing up. In fact, it was my son was five years old when he had an experience with my father that really kind of drove home that I stepped back and I said, wow, I realized I've grown up my whole life with that environment and never really was aware of it. Um, but I think it's also just the experiences that we have in, in, in life. It's, it's learning from failures. I think probably most great leaders have had failures. Uh, it's, it's, it's very easy when we have success after success after success to just be looking forward and never looking backwards. And yet it's the failures that cause us to stop and look and say, what did I do wrong? What, what happened there? And I need to make sure that doesn't happen again. And, uh, and so I, I, I think it's really a matter of being willing to fail, actually failing, learning from it, um, asking for help and, um, genuinely caring about the people that you you lead. I, I never really thought I was a good leader. And, and this 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 is as recent as gosh, 2000, uh, 2016, I had gone through a leadership journey in the entrepreneurs organization. It was actually, I already was selected to be the chair of, of the board. And I still didn't see myself as a great leader until I read a book by Bill George named Discover Your True North. And in that book, he talks about how, you know, the era of Jack Welch, when the smartest people in the room are the ones that evolved to be leaders, that that has shifted. And it's really now people who have emotional intelligence uh, and people who genuinely care about the people that they're leading and those who like to build teams and are good at building teams, those are the people that are really evolving into leadership. And, and that felt right for me because, I mean, if I have to be the smartest person in the room, I'll never be a leader because I'm not the smartest person in the room, even if I'm alone. So it's, it's for me, but emotional intelligence and, and really genuinely caring about people and building teams is what I love to do. And I do feel like I have, I have a talent there. So I agree. You, you have a great talent there, Brian. And I, I, you know, I've watched your leadership journey from the EO perspective, um, for the last, you know, five or six years now. And I, I think, like I said, I think you're one of the best servant leaders that I've met. So I know you've worked on that. I know you've, um, worked that muscle and you've upped your game. You, you mentioned the, the one book, is there other things that you think business owners can do to strengthen that leadership muscle and even that emotional intelligence? Well, I think um, there's a couple things. I mean, there are training programs that I think are pretty exceptional. And I would, I mean, any leadership, anytime you're investing in yourself, investing as a leader, I think is powerful. I think that often people feel guilty going off for training sessions, you know, personal development sessions. And yet, you know, I have a fundamental belief that in any relationship that we are involved in, in our life, we first show up as an individual. That could be friendships. It could be 
uh, as a as a owner of a business or a boss or in a, in a marriage or in a romantic relationship or as as a family member, we first show up as an individual. And so when we invest in ourselves and we get further along in our own journey, um, we show up better in those relationships. So investing in in personal growth and development, I, I think, is huge. I read a lot. I read a lot. I read. Um, over the past uh, two years alone, I've read a hundred books and, and I just love to learn. And, and every third book, I squeeze like a murder mystery in there <laughs> to keep it a little bit more fun. But uh, I read quite a bit and I listen to, uh, I have a morning routine that I have every morning. And the first 10 minutes of it, I have some spiritual reading, but I also listen to some podcasts or uh, for five or six minutes at a time and, and really learn and grow there. But um, where I think, so I started this by saying, I think any kind of learning is good. So there is, there are the more intellectual approaches to leadership training, but I think there's also some really powerful leadership training. And in the entrepreneurs organization, there is regional leadership Academy, which you mentioned, which is really more about leading yourself. And when you learn to lead yourself and you learn to be an authentic leader and a leader with a service mindset and leading in diversity, uh, and time management and uh, learning to listen and, and to be an authentic leader or listener. Is, those are really powerful traits to learn. Some of that is mindset and some of that is skills, but it's really at the core to me of what a really good leader um, really has to do is master leading yourself first, being honest with yourself, being authentic, being trustworthy, living a life of integrity. And, and that does not carry with it moral standards. That, that means that you're the same on, off the stage that you are on the stage, that you live your life the same way you ask others to, to live. And I think that's just really powerful. Very powerful. And, and sometimes you know, it's the first step of the journey, but sometimes it's also the hardest part of the journey, right? Is, is working on yourself first before tackling those intellectual topics of leadership, right? Yeah. yeah. I think it's the first step. I also think it's part of every step. Very um, true. Very true. So um, tell us a little bit about legacy of significance and, and maybe specifically how you can help business leaders and corporate teams, um, especially if they're not part of EO and don't have access to some of these leadership programs. Uh, sure. A legacy, of, a legacy of significance started about three and a half years ago. And it's really, um, it's, its purpose is to help people on their journey of self-discovery to live their best life. And, and really, it's about executive education. It's around um, coaching. It's around teaching leadership. And, and really, and I, I even hate to use the word teach leadership because when I stand in front of the room, what I tell people is, listen, I'm not here to teach you anything, but I do hope you learn something because what you learn is already inside you. I'm just going to try to create scenarios and ask questions and share things that help you dig deep inside yourself to bring that out. Uh, because I, I do believe that people have the answers, they have where their next step should be inside them, and it's just uh, providing a, an opportunity to help them find that. Uh, we do, there, so there is the, the leadership academies within the entrepreneurs organization, but the, 
the dean of the Leadership Academy in EO, and I have partnered on something called Summit Leadership Academy, and that is for private corporations or, or private teams. And you could have, if you have a team of 20, 25 leaders on your own, in your own company or in your own, your own team, that you can put through that great. But if you don't have that many leaders, which a lot of entrepreneurial companies don't, uh, you can combine. So we put on uh, four and a half day long immersive leadership experiences offsite, and you can come along with a, a group of other leaders and, and bring your leadership team and, and go through a pretty extensive leadership training. And Warren Rustan is just an incredible human being. He was a, he played for the Golden State Warriors when he first came out of college. He's in the University of Arizona Hall of Fame. He worked for President Ford uh, as his appointment secretary and cabinet secretary for two years. And he has been either the CEO or uh, chairman of the board or on the board of over 50 companies, uh, you know, throughout his career. And he's just uh, just a, a someone who lives a life of integrity and really um, is, in my opinion, one of the one of the foremost thought leaders on leadership. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Having been through the the Leadership Academy program with Warren and the two of you together, that's that's a powerful program. So anyone who's listening to the show, if you're you know if you're not a member of EO and you don't have access to this, um, those types of programs, this is this is a great opportunity to really up your leadership game. Brian, um, do you have a what's a, the best email or website for people to go to to learn more about that? The, the website is legacyofsignificance.com. Uh, my email is a little different. It's brian, B-R-I-A-N, at life-bydesign.com or life-bydesign.com. And we'll drop that in the show notes so it's easier for all of you listeners to click on that and visit and learn more. Um, brian, it's always get, great to talk to you, especially on my birthday. Um, yes, and thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and insights with our listeners. And we hope to have you back again soon. Awesome. Thank you, Jessica. Appreciate it. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for listing of the week. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we have listing of the week with Tom Alana, the international broker, but he's based down here in South Florida, Transworld Business Advisors of Fort Lauderdale. And Tom, you just signed another international deal. So tell us about a very interesting company. Yeah, uh, I sure did, Andy. Thanks for having me again. You know, it's persistence pays because I've been working on this seller for about seven months now. Uh, this is an elevator repair company in the Turks and Caicos Islands. They're headquartered, home base operation. In Turks and Caicos, they're they're actually a, a, a part of a much larger Canadian outfit that is selling their Caribbean outfit. Um, they are uh, doing great numbers. They got gross revenue of about $2 million a year, big profit margins. Um, you, we're, we're looking at an owner's benefit somewhere around six, $700,000. And uh, they specialize in, in new installations and repairs and maintenance of existing elevators, uh, everyday elevators. Um, we're on the market for uh, 1.95 million and they're willing to do some owner financing with at least 1.25 down. All right. Excellent need- opportunity, good contracts in place, 
Uh, company's been around for a long time, great reputation. So uh, you want to go up and down in, in, in the Caribbean, this is the place. Sounds like a great deal. Do you, do you need to be a resident or? You do not. What's nice about this is Turks and Caicos, first of all, is 100% English language uh, based upon the U.S. dollar. Um, no residency requirements, although if you buy this, they'll probably give you residency. And it, it's one of those British sovereigns. So you know everything is uh, it's pretty easy to deal with. The ideal buyer for this could be either a European uh, or a Canadian looking to move to the island. Um, we're, we're working on what, what it takes to, uh, to do it as an American, but uh, Canadian, ideally. Excellent. Well, it sounds like a great deal. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, email is tom at tworld.com or my cell phone, uh, 561-702-6867. Great deal of the week. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Andy. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com. You might not realize it, but life has a soundtrack. For most of us, it sounds a bit like... But you can always change the station. In hundreds of Delta Airlines destinations, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.